You are listening to Radio Ramadan 365 Podcasts. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome back to Millennium Discourses with Sajjad Ayyub and Sheikh Ibrahim Skaitama. Wa alaikum salam. Today we're going to be discussing Discourse 21, which is Allah is the light. Allah nuru samawati wa ard. Allah is the light of the heavens and the earth. Light is the root of all existence, is it not? Not just a poetic sense, but a material and physical one. E equals mc squared, Einstein's formula. Yes, so, so um, uh, I think that must be true. Um, I mean, we can go down a little bit of a rabbit hole here about you know, what's real and what's metaphorical. Mm. Uh, and is the metaphorical more real than the material? Because I think it is. Um, uh, so, so there's, there's, there's clearly, you know, for something to be, it has to emanate, otherwise it'll be a black hole. Right. And that sense of that, the, our first sort of sense of emanation is light. Hmm. So that would make sense. I mean, if you were to be completely materialist about this, but there's also in a metaphorical sense, it is, if you see existence as radiance, um, uh, it, it, it means then that the a precondition or, or an implicit condition, not pre, but it's a, what, what is implicitly true in that idea of radiance is generosity. It means to be is to be generous. It means to radiate your nature. If something doesn't radiate its nature, it isn't. Um, so I think we might have spoken about this before, but um, for, if, if for me to be able to see anything, um, uh, even my own hand. I mean, there's light has to leave my hand, transcend the interspace between my eye and my hand, go into my eye and be reflected somewhere in my being. In other words, um, uh, if my hand doesn't give of itself, if it doesn't radiate its nature, it isn't. Um, uh, this also reflects in our previous discussion that um, if you don't radiate, your, the, you only are to the degree to which you radiate your nature. You know, um, uh, so there's this uh, South African uh, philosopher who died in the in the 90s, I think he passed away, but he, he very famously said that um, in all the art of the world, the principle of evil is, is, is described as a gaping maw. In other words, it's a darkness that consumes. You know, so the principle of, of evil says, come here and be me, I want to consume you. The principle of good says, go out and be yourself. It radiates, it grants, it gives. So in that sense, the, 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 uh, the, the first act of creation, the first radiance is a, an expression of, of um, ex, extraordinary generosity. It's a giving. It's a, you know, that's the other thing that light does. It gives of itself to give away. It leaves the place there it was. I mean, once the light has left the sun, the sun can't say, hey, by the way, I want that piece of that photon back. Where, where's that photon now? You know, it doesn't, it's gone, <laughs> Mr. Sun. It's left you. Right, it's never going to come back. So, so that's, that's what radiance implies. Radiance implies this element of generosity, this giving to give away, this, this overflowing, this sort of incontainable. And it's the nature of that element to overcome the darkness and the more of not being. 
you know, I mean, in, a, in the darkest night, the tiniest light can be seen over vast distances. So it's the nature of light to transcend darkness. It's the nature of the generous to overcome emptiness. It's the nature of existence to that which exists, that which gives of itself to overcome the, uh, the, 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 the emptiness of non-being. So there's, 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 there's enormous significance to understanding this idea of light being the basis of existence, the basis of being. It confirms the reasonableness of the proposition that you exist to give, that to give is to be. And it also confirms the, uh, the, uh, how deeply self-destructive selfishness is. Um, you know. Also, it also suggests that insofar as we radiate, um, we are we are we are we are emanating him because he is the light. So when you allow yourself to become a point of radiance by giving of your nature, the thing that is giving is him. You know, in a sense, you need for that to, another way of understanding this is for the radiance to happen, you have to actually get out of your way, out of your own way, which is a little bit like saying, you know, that's why one needs to pursue fanafila because you need to this idea that you exist as a separate entity this this darkness this, this illusion needs to get out of the way so that who you really are can bubble over can kind of spill forth can radiate and it's a very common theme in a lot of tussle with this idea that that there's only one emanation it's his emanation. There's only one light. And that uh, every one of us are refractions of the one light. Insofar as we are light and not darkness, then we'll reflect that, that light. We'll not even reflect it. We will be an emanation of it, like a prism of it. That brings me on to my next point is, so the metaphor of the white light being refracted into different colors of the spectrum is how you describe the attributes of Allah being refracted from its original source. How does that affect us as human beings? Well, no, that, that, that is exactly right. So mm. you can see our, our individual existence as a, as a redu reducing valve. I mean, you have to do something to white light. You have to interfere with white light in order for it to be refracted into the rainbow. And you can see the lens that interferes with the white light that refracts it into, that splits it up into the various colors of the rainbow. You can see that lens as, a, as, a, as something that reduces. It, it kind of, perverts is a, is a harsh word, but, but sort of, it interferes with the original emanation to create the diversity there's one that is the reduced to produce diversity. So your, your being is a reducing mechanism whereby the original light emanates into the world. The single, so, so there's the, behind your eyes, there's this, this reality, which is closer to you than your jugular vein, 
which is his reality, his nature. That vastness is that is is is, is this this beam, mm. and then this beam kind of hits your 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 nervous system, your your makeup, and your makeup is a lens mm. that takes that and it reduces it to what your being is meant to emanate into the world. So, so um um. There is this, uh, this, this, this understanding that's kind of now, it's the result of, of near-death experience. It says that we have a completely um, uh, inverted view of the relationship between mind and brain. Um, that uh, you know, we have uh, the materialist view suggests that mind is the function of physiology of the brain. That mind is, is an epiphenomenon and that the real thing is the electronic impulses, the popping synapses of your brain. Now that's, that's so, so basically you are nothing other than operating neural tissue. You know, that's why, you know, they, there's think of, you know, I affect your mind by affecting your brain. Um, uh, and th that kind of worked until there was this growing body of near-death experience research that came up with the most unnerving finding is that when, they, when people come back from having died, and by the way, a lot of people are now, this is, this is not sort of a rare event because of the, 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 the skill that medical science has now to basically, you know, Pull, pull people back from the back from the, the brink. There's many many people who have come back from the brink with accounts of having gone and the cultural the accounts. You know, sort of the idea of the white light of the tunnel and it's a very common experience meeting ancestors or meeting uh, loved ones who have passed on and uh, and so on. So many people have these experiences and it's true for everybody. But and and there've been some extreme cases. So there was a um, um, uh, I forget the man's surname. He's, he's, a, do he's a doctor. He's, his first name is Eben. Um, uh, I've, but he, he did research in, in well, he, he actually was a brain surgeon, this guy, the top brain surgeon. And he got a really virulent form of um, meningitis. Mm. Um, uh, and um, he... Uh, he uh, uh, he was technically brain dead. I mean, he wasn't. There was the there was no chance of him ever regaining consciousness. He was going to be a vegetable for the rest of his life, and and the prognosis was actually almost impossible to keep him alive with the the infection that he had. It was like really unusual, very extreme, and so they basically they'd written the guy off. And then after a number of days in this really deep coma, actually mm. the contents of his skull had been reduced to pus. The man woke up from this experience. Now, bear in mind, he was a he was a top brain surgeon, so he he now he he should know that what had happened, what he had experienced, was was not possible because he didn't have a brain to experience it with, you know. But he had these immense accounts of you know having gone to the year after and having seen you know paradise and having seen the, the siblings he didn't because he was an adopted person so his siblings he didn't even knew, know, know existed who had passed on already and so this is an amazing account you know 
And so, so, um, so, so how is it possible that the man technically no longer has a brain and still has conscious experience? That's exactly the point, which means to say that you can't view the mind as an epiphenomenon to brain. You understand? The mind doesn't, the, the, the brain doesn't produce mind. It's the other way around. Mind pre-exists brain. The brain is a reducing valve that gives you a dumbed-down experience so you don't get too disruptive with your colleagues. You know, it's a kind of like, a, a, so, so that's exactly how one should view um, this idea of your own individual identity, your own physiology of experience, your brain, your 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 biography. It's a it's an it's a it's a portal where something which is really vast and and beyond um, uh, description mm. get reduced to a point where it can make an, a, a particular emanation in the world. So Allah, the light of Allah, radiates through you. Your being is 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 one is 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 a portal whereby he can give of his nature to the world you know the cow that gives the milk i love this cow metaphor i think we should take it home i think it's a very nice one the cow who gives the milk doesn't own the milk it didn't produce the physiology that produces milk in a sense the cow is a portal through which whom through whom milk comes so too you know the blessing you're supposed to bestow on the world isn't yours, it comes through you, get out of the way, let it, allow it to emanate, allow it to radiate, because when you allow it to radiate, it is him radiating. So you feel as human beings, we have nothing to give, only to reflect. Oh. Yes. Yes. When you truly, when you truly, when what you're giving is unconditional, the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. There's no managing of the affair. That means to say, it's no longer you acting. It is, it, it, it is, it is truly giving to give away. So there's that, you know, the, 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 um, the, the event in the life of the prophet, we picked up the handful of sand and cast it at, uh, at the enemy. Um, and then it was revealed to him afterwards when you threw it, it wasn't you who threw, you know, because Allah threw through you. Mm. Now, so in other words, so, so I wonder how did that happen? I mean, did he logically work this out? Standing on the battlefield, you know, um, I need to throw, pick up a handful of sand and throw it at these people. I mean, you know, I mean, from a rational point of view, I mean, you could say, but I mean, you know, you know, if, if we, I mean, God forbid, but let's assume we could go back and have the conversation with Rasul. Ya Rasul, I mean, I don't mean to be respectful, but how, what? how did you work this out? I would not be surprised if he said, I have no idea. I just happened, I just did it. Just completely spontaneous. It happened through me. And I think that's an, the most elevated and noble way to live a life. 
one that's no longer managing, the one that allows things to spontaneously come through you. That they've, uh, uh, um, that uh, you are, you are like, uh, you are um, uh, an aperture through which the divine can intercede. Mm. And then, then you've got to get out the way. You've got to stop trying to run the run the show. Yeah. If there was not one source of meaning, all language would be meaningless. I don't fully understand this. Can you clarify this? So, Are languages mutually intelligible? And I think they are. Which means to say, you could, uh, you, you, we've agreed on uh, a convention for something, and another group of people have agreed on a convention for something. And, uh, um, you know, when I may have make a certain sound, you, I ascribe this meaning to that sound. And when you, make a completely different sound, you ascribe a meaning to the sound, but the meanings are the same. Otherwise the languages couldn't be mutually intelligible. Mm. We were able to translate, They're both, but we're both referring to something that's there, that is, that is true. So if there wasn't something that is true, there cannot be things that, you know, the, the, your sense of meaning doesn't have a base plate to stand on it. It's just, you know, if it would all just be gibberish. Um, uh, so I think it has to be true that there is a common source to all meaning. Um, that, uh, that uh, uh, you know, if, uh, and, and, and that source is, is the same metaphorically. It's the same as this idea of the emanation of light. It is, um, it is a sense of what is true, what is, what is real, what exists. It, 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 you know, all meaning derives from that. If you denied that, then basically there is no meaning. That's why the only, I mean, the, the, only, the only way to be an absolutely honest uh, um, atheist is to commit suicide. Because it's all into, there's no significance. Yeah, there's uh, there's no meaning. That's a different way to look at it. So next time you meet a person who claims to be an atheist, you say, "Why aren't you dead? You're dishonest." I get the sense that seeing the light of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala means seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the smallest of things. Would that be correct? Yes, I think that is correct. I think that <clears throat> so if we say that all that exists is an emanation of his nature, it means that everything that exists from the, <clears throat> the most apparently trivial to the most um, overwhelming reflects his nature. And that suggests that 
that nothing that you encounter in your day-to-day -day life is arbitrary. You see, I think that that's the reason for boredom. I mean, um, that we need greater and greater stimulation to stay entertained. Uh, you know, the, a Pac-Man game that would have entertained you in the in the seventies or in the eighties. You know, now you just say, "Well, God, what? How, how could anybody have been entertained by that?" You know, and now you need something so sophisticated. It needs playing all over the world, doing you know, on on like PCs and machines that require huge amounts of uh, you know and of, of graphics. So, that, and it just shows you that we we get deadened to things. You see, we need more and more. Uh, um, you know, um, just ask me the question again. I got lost in my own metaphor. So the the sense of seeing uh, the light of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala means that Allah Subhanahu. So oh, we yeah. see him in the smallest of. That's of absolutely, absolutely right. Yeah. So so uh, uh, the, this this kind of this wanting the big the dramatic dumbs mm. us down. It deadens us to to uh, the reality. Mm. Every moment that you're alive presents his face to you. you know, just like you have a face and your face isn't your reality. It's your persona. It's your mask. What is his persona? Well, he said, wherever you look is the face of Allah. His persona is the, is the world that is presented to you in every moment that you're in, you know, and every part of it is part of his face. And, and, and another interesting thing about a face is that it talks. I mean, that's what faces do. That's how we understand the idea of face. See, every moment that you're in is him talking to you, you know. But he doesn't only shout, you see. I mean, he also talks in subtleties. He talks in immense subtleties, greater subtlety. Um, because he is Alatif, so he speaks in greater subtlety than human uh, consciousness can, can bear. So it's very fine, the messaging that you're getting. It's very minutely well scripted. So if you aren't only, you know, not just looking out for the grand things, the dramatic things like, you know, Star Wars and kind of Raiders of the Galaxy, but in the fine minutiae of your day-to-day -day experience, you find the footprints of his message to you, you know? And so nothing is arbitrary. Everything is significant. This is one of the violences that we, we do to, to, to people when we, when, we, we, when we insist that they become like ourselves, we, you know, like my children have to be like me, or, you know, um, that we, we, we basically, give them our prejudices. And what do our prejudices do? Our prejudices basically say what's significant and what isn't significant. It's really a filtering process. It dumbs people's experience down. Because if you really want to give your children uh, a boon, then give them a wonder of life, an amazement at just how extraordinary things are. You know, from the, from the look at this ant, just let's come, don't you, Ma, don't you want to go get a, the magnifying glass? Man, imagine, what must be going on in those tiny little hair-thin legs for that thing to be able to crawl across the surface? You know? Oh, that's amazing. You know, so, you know, and you wouldn't even see that normally. It would kill the damn thing. It's dirty. It shouldn't be here. You know, it's kind of like, it doesn't fit our description. We want, you know, we want the significant, you know, the doctor, the professor, the PhD, you know. <clears throat> 
reminds me of uh, when I was younger. My mm. my father used to say to my mother, "What is he doing out there in the garden? Mm. Does he have a magnifying glass?" And I used to have this little device. I used to have a little cap, and you put the ant in it, and you close it in there, and the magnifying glass would look. And I'd be I'd be looking at this ant and the magnificence of it. Yeah. And my father used to joke to me, "What is he doing there? What is he picking up these things and looking?" in such detail why is he amazed by the wonders yeah. of yeah. And, exactly. and as you said that it, i saw the the four or five year old version of myself doing that and, yeah. and what, what really is apparent in what you're describing now sajad is that when we take that away from our children mm. we basically rob their lives of magic yeah. we give them a very poor grainy black and white film after they had this explosion of technicolor, mm -hmm. you know this, um, and then and then we're surprised that we 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 kind of we get to our forties and we're kind of depressed, and life has very little meaning, and it's uh, you know it's it's all dark and uh, uh, kind of uh, you know sort of nothing has much savor anymore. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't. So, so I can remember eating sausages as a child and I can never regain that taste. Hmm. Things just don't taste like they tasted when I was a child. There's, you know, everything, our, our beings are dumbed down. They dumbed down, they kind of, we no longer experience the wonder of what is there, you know, hmm. uh, because it's, it really is truly magnificent. Hmm. What a wonderful way to end that topic. Jazakallah khair. Thank you. And join us on the next discourse. Assalamu alaikum. Listeners, you are listening to Millennium Discourses. We will be back tomorrow with another topic. We would like to thank Etzko Skatema. Till tomorrow, Allah Hafiz from us all. <laughs>